Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Trending Ticker, your place to find out today's market news. I'm your host, Parker Friedman, and coming off the weekend where we saw President Trump sign into executive order, an agreement that would make it so any unemployed American would get an additional $400. A consensus was that the market today would take off, that we would see more confidence in the markets due to the fact that Americans would be getting that unemployment that we are so desperately needing and that we are scared would never get done. Now, questions of the legitimacy and the legality of this order are still in play, but nevertheless, the market did give us a favor today. The Dow finished up over 300 points or 1.3% higher after shaking off sluggish starts in the morning, while the NASDAQ finished down just 42 points, but that is off its lows of over 100 points. Now, I don't know about all you guys, but my timeline today was all about college football and the gambling stocks, specifically DraftKings, who reports earnings this Friday, and Penn, who reported earnings last Thursday. Now, if you haven't been following the Penn International story, this is a really interesting one. Now, Dave Portnoy and Barstool, obviously a big part of Penn International now. Penn owns 35% stake in Barstool. They announced last Thursday that their online gambling app would be available in Pennsylvania, only Pennsylvania for now, sometime in September. Now, this propelled the stock massively, up 42% from the week, up from 39, touched 51. That's a $12 increase in the stock off of one piece of news, off of one new revenue stream in one new state. Now, take that as you may. Whatever you think, Penn going into the long run does seem like a good investment right now. The $12 may be a little overinflated, but then we take a look at DraftKings. DraftKings reports earnings this Friday. A lot of bullish sediment around DraftKings right now. Reporting Friday, as I said, they'll not look at this current quarter, which I do think is going to be a surprise. I think you'd be shocked at what degenerate gamblers will bet on, especially degenerate sport gamblers. You'd be shocked. But I do think this Friday is going to have an interesting release. I think forward guidance is going to be key. Forward guidance is going to look at, hopefully they'll give us a picture at these last few weeks with the NBA, NHL, and MLB all in full swing. You got to wonder, are their numbers going to be higher in that third quarter? But regardless, they both took a massive hit today, both falling respectively 7% each on news that college football may not happen. Dan Patrick came out and said this morning that the Big Ten, which for those who don't know, college football is a what's called a Power Five conference. It's one of the top conferences in the country. It's got the most competitive games. They also get the most money from ESPN, CBS, ABC to play their games on television. Dan Patrick came out and said today that the conference voted in a 10 to 2 decision in which Nebraska and Iowa were the only two teams to say that they would want to play this season. Everyone else did not want to play. Now, this isn't players and coaches. I do want to reiterate that. This is the chancellors and the presidents of those schools. So after that news dropped, you can imagine the outcry on Twitter. Everyone from players, coaches, alum, athletes from different sports came out and supporting players who wanted to play. 
The hashtag we want to play was trending for hours today on Twitter, even garnering the attention of the president of the United States who tweeted out that college athletes should play and that he stood with the college athletes, specifically tweeting and retweeting Trevor Lawrence, uh, quarterback Clemson, projected number one overall pick this season. So when this news occurred, DraftKings and Penn dropped like a rock. Why? Because the idea is that these two stocks will rely heavily on college football for their gambling base. And rightfully so. College football is one of the most popular sports in the country. I'd say arguably behind the NFL, they're one and two, and maybe even one and one A and one B, depending on your region. I think down south where they do not have NFL teams, college football is their NFL. So uh, the stocks dropped off off ideas that, oh my God, no college football, a little bit less revenue. But that all changed after this public outcry on Twitter. And three hours later, Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports tweeted out that he received a text from one AD from a Big Ten school that said, there was no vote held. I don't know where these reports are coming from. They backpedaled, folks. They saw the outcry. They didn't like what they saw. They backpedaled. They thought the other four conferences in the Power Five would drop out of football, and they backpedaled. Now, what does this mean for DraftKings in Penn? Well, you got a little bit of hope. Maybe there will be a college football season. But regardless, what people do not realize is gamblers will be gamblers. And whether or not college football occurs, you will see people flock to gambling sites, especially with extra money when and if we get that new stimulus bill and extra money from unemployment, obviously. And just if you're not able to go to games, Think about it. You're on. You're a, you're a fanatic sports fan. You go to games all the time. You love the adrenaline rush of a close game. You're in the fans. You're cheering on your favorite player. Now you don't have that. I don't get the same ad- adrenaline rush watching Jason Tatum in the bubble than I do if I was at the Garden cheering him on. That game-winning shot. That reaction is going to be a lot different in the Garden than it is going to be watching a, in the bubble on TV, right? especially with no fans. So think about it this way. The gambling just became your ticket to the game. You got money on the line. Tom Brady down three with 10 seconds left on the 20-yard line. Or Excuse me, wrong situation. Down six at the 20-yard line has to score a touchdown. Has to because you bet on the Buccaneers to win. Don't We're not going to get into point spreads, whatever. You bet the Buccaneers to win. How are you going to react when he throws? What is your rush going to feel like when he throws that touchdown? It's going to be a hell of a lot better than if you're just sitting on your butt watching it on TV, right? That's why the gambling stocks were down today. Because people do realize that these are adrenaline things. This is the new adrenaline. This is the new ticket to the game. But what they don't realize is college football is a small part of the revenue for both these companies. I mean, in reality, if we really want to go into it, Penn hasn't even touched the online gambling segment yet, so they really shouldn't have been down at all because they don't know yet. They don't know what's going to be big on that, on that app and what's not. And again, it's only in one state, whereas DraftKings, it's a little more understandable. But what people don't realize is this run-up DraftKings has had from 14 to it reached 43 at its high, and now it's settling around 31, it was all without college sports. 
hell, it was it was without regular sports, but it was really without college football, right? So listen, when you think about these stocks, do not let small chains and postponements in games or seasons change your mind. I am very bullish both these stocks long term because I think the future of sports will be within gambling. I think states are going to start to legalize it more because they're going to need revenue due to this coronavirus pandemic. And I think you're going to start seeing more and more people place bets on games to replace not being able to go to the game in person to get that adrenaline rush. And also, I believe this little extra money, giving people extra money while it may be needed, isn't always the best idea because they might not use it for what they really need. Now, staying within the SIM stocks and actually within the online gambling community, MGM today received a new investment from Interactive Corp, 12% stake they just took, to help them develop, guess what? Online gambling, one of the things in which would be an online sports book. Now, this is huge, a new big, big player is entering the space. DraftKing and Penn are dwarfs compared to MGM. MGM giant resorts, you go to Vegas, you play craps, you do all that. Now you can bet online with them. Instead of going to the sports book, you are able to go online and bet with MGM. Now, but what does this mean for MGM? MGM's obviously had a sports book for decades. It's always been at the physical location in Las Vegas or in Springfield. We have it here in Massachusetts or wherever an MGM casino may be, they've had a sports book. But this segue into online gambling, again, it opens up this whole field that we just talked about. This new ticket to the game. And MGM, with its brand name, could do really, really well with it. I think there was a huge threat from DraftKings, a huge threat from Penn International. And MGM said, we want a piece of that action. And they went out and did it. This 12% stake from Interactive Corp is really big for them. I think they probably could do it better than say a draft, maybe not a DraftKings, because DraftKings offers a little bit different than MGM. But MGM compared to Penn, MGM could blow Penn out of the water. The one thing Penn's got going for him right now is the bar stool label on it, right? But MGM at the end of the end of the day is MGM, right? And you could have deals and you can have things that go on with these boxing these boxing events you have at MGM. And all of that. I mean, that brand name is huge. The one thing DraftKings has over MGM, which I should have touched on when we were talking about it earlier, is DraftKings, a lot, the majority of its revenue comes from its daily fantasy sports, right? Individual players, which just quick little backtrack here, does not involve college athletes. You cannot play daily fantasy with college athletes on DraftKings to the best of my knowledge. So that's another reason that stock should not have been going down that much. But I digress back to MGM. It's big for them, right? This is getting into a space that traditionally big casinos haven't gotten into online gambling, right? I mean, they're, they've been brick and mortar, they've been focused, but I think this pandemic really opened their eyes to a new opportunity. Now, the CEO of Interactive Corp is Barry Diller. Uh, Barry Diller, you may recognize the name, former Paramount CEO, former Fox CEO. The Diller killers seem to be in the news with him, people he has mentored to go on to become executives. So he's obviously he's a very empowering man. He's a very strong advocate for the companies that he works for. 
I'm not really sure how this is going to forelay into, you know, Penn's on or not Penn, excuse me, MGM's online gambling. A former executive at Fox and Paramount doesn't really seem like someone I truly want to be helping me with a online gambling. He might be a good marketer. He might be able to pick a great TV show. But can he forelay that into online gambling? That's a wait and see. But MGM's got a lot of great things going for him. You're seeing a little bit of a bump up in the economy. You're seeing people starting to travel and go to hotels more, which is a beautiful segue into another news story today, Marriott. Marriott reported earnings today, a wider than expected loss of 72 cents, yet the stock was up 3.5%. Why? Revenues were came in at $1.5 billion, down from $5.3 billion for the same quarter last year. Why is this stock up? I'll tell you why. Because they came out with some great numbers. And this, again, shows that MGM is going to be in good shape, too, because in addition to their online gambling, MGM has casinos, too, right? So or casinos and hotels, right? So let's let's look at this for both of them here, and we'll make a bullish case, I believe, for both these companies. So 9% of Marriott's hotels remain closed. That's not a big number, right? 9%, you think? I don't know what their total number of hotels is, but 9% out of 100, I'll take that. You know, 1% or 2% may be closed on a regular basis anyways or something. 60% occupancy rate in China compared to 70% last year which makes up for about 80% of the total of last year. Now you think, well, how does, what does China have to do with anything? Well, it shows that travelers are traveling to China and travelers are traveling around China, which means that China, it's tough because they're, they're, you can never really trust the statistics out of there. But if they're traveling in China, you've got to think eventually we will be able to travel around the United States with a little more ease and we'll be able to have these occupancy rates in the hotels within America higher. I think you've already seen it a little bit at places like MGM, in which, you know, day one of those casinos opening, everyone wanted to go. And I think obviously Marriott, 91% of the hotels are open. That means they have a vast variety of hotels in America. It's not like all of those are closed. I think we will eventually, within this quarter, see hotels return to their previous standard and it will be more of just good quarter bad quarter type of thing with hotels i don't think the idea of american travel is over however american business travel a different story now they didn't get too much into this in the earnings report but they claim that the worst is over that this quarter was the worst they'll see and that they will improve from here i think it'll be interesting i do believe they're right i do believe the worst is over but i still think that the company is gonna to have to struggle to find a way to replace the revenue from business travel. Hotels like the Marriott often host big business conferences in which you know companies come and they have their meetings or a con uh, you know like an overall like a retail uh, wholesaler conference occurs and there's shows, retail shows, stuff like that. I think you're gonna have a, a tough time replacing that revenue, and it'll be interesting to see how the company does that. Now. Moving forward, it's all going to depend on American travel, which American Airlines today <laughs> reports a five-month high in travel, or the airline industry in total, and American Airlines is up 
So Americans are traveling, right? We just talked about that. If they're traveling in China, they're got to be traveling here soon. Well, folks, they are. We hit the five-month high. So with that said, you got to think Marriott and other hotel companies are going to be just fine. If Americans are getting back to our traveling ways, if we're getting back to taking vacations, if we're getting back to, I guess, normal, if you can say that, the new normal, I think it's going to be okay. I think Marriott and the MGM resorts part of MGM will do just fine. I think eventually all will, I don't want to say return to normal because it seems like anytime you mention the word normal, eh, something else goes wrong. There's a, uh, there's going to be a tornado in Chicago tonight, if you can believe that. So, uh, you know, every time you say normal, something seems to go wrong, but I think, what we can do is we can grasp at the fact that yes, Americans are traveling and when they travel, they need to stay somewhere. Right? So why not hotels? I don't think Airbnbs are that much of a threat to hotels. I think hotels will forever be the standard of lodging for people. Cause I think it's just, it's, it's easier. It's less, I don't, it's sketchy. It's not staying in some random person's house. It's, you know, it's staying in, a, in a, a physical location in the middle of the city where you can get everywhere. So I think, yes, hotels were, will return back to normal. And I agree with the Marriott CEO that this will be the worst quarter they'll face, and it can only go up from here. Now we talk about fear, and we talk about this new normal. I, there's still fear in this economy, folks. Silver today, up 3% again, up to 27 it was at tw- or silver, the SLV, the, the ETF that tracks the spot price of silver is up to 27. It was at 20 two weeks ago. And now, what does this mean? What does the silver spot price mean? And what, like, in gold, again, in gold, is, it was down a little bit today, but overall, it's been at, at record highs. And what does this mean, folks? Well, a lot of people like to think that gold and precious metals are inflationary risk, uh, they're currencies technically, but inflationary risk protection, right? And I don't know if you've noticed lately, but the government's throwing around a lot of big numbers, right? I mean, the Republican Senate wants to put in a trillion dollar bill and then the Democrat Senate or the Democrat House wants to put out a two trillion dollar bill trump just signed an executive order giving unemployed people 400 extra dollars all the meanwhile the fed is buying corporate bonds and 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 they they, they said they, they haven't even reached the theoretical limit on what they can buy meaning it leads me to believe that corporate securities are next and i'm not I, i'm talking about stocks when i say corporate securities so what does that mean? That means we're going to hit inflation at some point. You can't just print money and not see any risks. Modern 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 monetary policy has not been shown to substantially work in any country yet. This idea that we can control the value of our currency is we can, you can sit here and the government can tell you that currency is worth something. No, you get if, I, if there's $5 trillion out in the economy, but only $2 trillion of worth of goods, that doesn't, it doesn't add up, right? 
so what people are using, what the idea is people are using precious metals, specifically silver and gold, as you've seen, they've come on a record pace here, is to protect against this inflation. But there's another story to this too. Bloomberg wrote a good article last week that I read that was talking about how large pension funds and mutual funds and just large you know, investment companies in general are using gold and silver because yes, they outpace inflation, but they also outpace government bonds. As you know, interest rates have been at near zero for a decade almost. And since the financial crisis of 08, they've been you know in the dumps. And there's even talks about negative interest rates, which I never think will happen in this country. But it's 2020. Who knows? That's that's on my bingo card though. So why? Why would they use that? It's because gold typically, I don't know about silver, gold typically returns, you know, one to two percent a year on uh, on average, right? And if my bond isn't yielding one to two percent a year, what? why would I, why would I buy it? What's the point, right? If gold's going to return higher, which it's returned much higher than corporate bond or government bonds this year, why would I put my money in a bond, which if you really want to get crazy here, a bond that's government debt issued, right? And we're issuing a lot of new debt. We're issuing a lot. So why would I put my money in a, into debt when I could buy a physical asset that returns a higher rate than the, than the debt that, you know, I'm not saying it would ever happen. I don't think America would never be able to pay back on bonds, but, you know. There is that slight risk, that 0.00001% chance that the government doesn't repay its debts, right? Gold, it's gonna, it's, it's a physical asset. You hold it in your hand. So that's why I personally think, I, I do think the inflation metric is pretty big. But I think overall, I think the idea of mutual funds and pension funds and hedge funds loading up on these assets because they out-return current government bonds is the real reason that this is. Now, we discussed a lot of things in today's podcast, but I want to note that these in, these statements are my opinion and should not be taken as investment advice. Tomorrow, nothing really on the docket yet. We will see in the morning and the afternoon how the markets shake out, but no big earnings reports on the horizon for tomorrow or no really, really notable earnings reports. Um, I think the most notable is going to come Thursday night with Lyft, which we will talk about on Thursday, and Friday morning with DraftKings, as we mentioned earlier. But until tomorrow, check me out on Instagram, Parker underscore Friedman3, or follow me on Twitter at TheNotoriousPF3. And until then, folks, have a wonderful evening and stay investing.